Once again, baby, you tuned in to Rain City Jerks. Yeah, I bet you're real handsome. I bet you're real pretty. You're real pretty, ain't you? Because only real handsome, pretty smart, cool people listen to the Rain City Jerks podcast and you're here right now doing it. So I guess you must be real fucking beautiful or something. I don't know. Rain City Jerks, baby. Jerks! Welcome to the Rain City Jerks podcast. I'm your host, Jack Slattery. And I'm your host, Jay Markovitz. Wait, did we get that wrong? I don't know. Or did we? Did we? Did we? Did Freaky Friday just happen? I hope not. For my sake, I hope not. If it did happen, I, I want to be Jamie Lee Curtis. I want to be. Was it Hillary Duff? I don't know. Hillary Swank? No. Hillary Swank? I don't know. She's a million dollar baby, baby. I don't know. Uh, welcome to Rain City Jerks podcast. I'm one of the hosts. I'm not sure which. Yeah. We're, with... we're we're pretty much interchangeable. Interchangeable. Like the same guy. In a lot of ways. That is true. In a lot of ways, we are the same guy. Like Different in, bodies. In, in 2014, the Large Hadron Collider ripped a hole in the fabric of reality. And I stepped through. The alternate version came through. And then it was another six years until we came together to give you this podcast. The Large Hadron Collider being on is really weird to me, right? Like, they have a statue of Shiva outside of it. Yeah. Which is just, I mean, just like, okay, you can look up the Wikipedia as to why the statue of Shiva is there. I think it's like some donation from, like, India or something. Cause sure. Like, I don't know. I looked into it. I can't remember exactly now. But it, Shiva, the goddess of destruction, is right. at the Large Hadron Collider. And ever since that thing came on, things have been... Kind of weird, right? Kind of weird. Yeah. No, that's one of my favorite, like, tinfoil hat conspiracy oh, I theories. Love it. Is I that love it. We got our reality just knocked off track by the Large Hadron Collider, and right. every, everything's gone tits up since then. It's bizarre. Yeah. I buy it. I, I do buy it. I, I choose to believe that sort of magical realism. Uh, I, I like that way of thinking. Uh, do I let it affect my day-to-day? No, I used to, but not anymore. I not don't, anymore. I don't let the conspiracies affect my day-to-day. It's just fun to think about now. Just got to lean in. Uh, I, I feel like the Large Hadron Collider is being used inappropriately. They're using it to slam molecules together to create new elements. Uh, I feel Rare like... elements. Yeah, they're, they're, they only exist for like two seconds. Not, not even, even two yeah, seconds. Yeah, even. two seconds is a long time. We need to be using the Large Hadron Collider to vape. What would you vape in there? Uh, what do you got? Uh, I'd vape uh, glass. I'd vape shatter. I'd vape flower. I'd vape crystal. Uh, just like one atom, atom at a time? Yeah. I'd, I'd be vaping at like the subatomic level. That is vaporwave. That is. That's an aesthetic. Yeah. I don't really know what vaporwave is, to be honest. I know it was like a quick flash in the pan musical trend in like you know the 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 1980s uh kind of i'm familiar with the aesthetic of it yeah yeah it's that and then kind of like the miami vice music that came along with it okay yeah so just like dissonant nightclub music yeah yeah like uh i guess late millennials kind of thought they discovered that aesthetic for themselves and trotted it back out again is the hot new thing 
Okay. And then it's like, oh, we already did this like 30 years ago, dog. I knew a vaporwave artist who got moderately famous for i mean in that community whatever that means but yeah. i think he went to japan a couple times okay okay and so that's cool but it's a like, good place for wa- waving vapor yeah uh i just don't get it i mean that vaporwave is like maybe one of the first times i was like i think i'm old i think i'm getting old yeah i was like i don't know what the fuck this is you gotta you gotta you gotta do ketamine i love ketamine and then listen to vaporwave okay okay I do love ketamine. It's one of my favorite drugs. What do you like about it? What's not to like about it? I mean, it? I've, I've never done ketamine. Okay. This is going to be a good one. Uh, I've done ketamine probably under 15 times. Okay. Uh, so I don't, I don't feel super uh, knowledgeable about it, but I really enjoy it. It's uh, a dissociative, and so... When people do it, like, the idea of taking ketamine to me and, like, going to a rave seems really fucking weird. Like, that does that seems like the opposite, maybe, of anything I would want to use ketamine for. Uh, I don't like doing just a little bit of it. Like, I like doing a lot of it, and I like going into a K-hole. Like, that is, like, my... My my goal is to like do a lot of it all at once. You want to go for the K hole. I'm going for the K hole. I'm crawling in that K hole. I love it. What what what's it like being in a K hole? Uh, every time I've done it, again, very new, yeah. not very experienced with it. Uh, every time I've done it, uh, it's a little bit different, and it but it's just everything feels fake. Okay. You're fucked up. Like, if you try and walk, it's like you are, at first, like, if I'm laying on the couch and I get up and I try and walk to go get a drink of water or something, like, I'm kind of, like, stumbling like I'm, like, hella drunk. Okay. I'm not that fond of that part. Um, But you want to just mostly lay there. Yeah, I just just mostly want to lay there and, like, maybe put a weird, like, I watched a lot of The Sopranos on ketamine. Okay, okay. And it was, I don't know. It's just, I I don't know if I have the vocabulary for it. But, for example, one time, uh, I felt like I was a brick of porcelain. Just like a solid brick of porcelain. And then some device chopped me up into many tiles of porcelain and then there was like a string strung between the tiles and some force was just waving through my body my body just felt like a uh like many stacked tiles just waving back and forth clacking on each other it's like that desk toy where the balls kind with, of like the desk toy with the forth, balls but, but with like porcelain but like tiles. porcelain tiles I don't know, like, if, like, that can't make sense to anybody, but, like, that is exactly what it felt like to me. What, what would you say the ratio on ketamine is of, of scary to fun? I mean, for me, it's 90% fun, 10% scary. Okay, okay. But, that's a pretty good ratio. But I wouldn't, I mean, that's for me. I wouldn't, I wouldn't speculate on anybody for any, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Everybody's different. Uh, Do you think that it's changed you? I definitely know I, I I've gained the perspective of disassociation, which yeah. I didn't I didn't know that I was disassociating just a lot in my normal day to day life. 
You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. like now when I catch myself doing that, I'm like, oh, that's what this is. Like I, this is like kind of what P- people throw that term a lo- around a lot, disassociating. Yeah. And, you know, calling a drug a dis- dis- disassociative. What what is that? What does that mean? Uh, Break it down. <clears throat> Again, no expert. Um, I don't want to get canceled for spreading misinformation. Uh, you got to have a disclaimer before this. I think for me, it just basically means that like. Just reality doesn't feel real anymore. Okay. There's just like this like gamey aspect to it or like. Is it out of body? Slightly. Okay. Slightly. I don't feel like I'm out of my body, but it's like, what is my body? Sure. What am I? What is reality? What gotcha. What is going on right now? Do you feel like you you are out of touch with the kind of familiar constructs of your mind and your personality and kind of your your base level and you kind of disassociate from that and get a different perspective? Or not like that? I don't know. Maybe. Gotcha. Maybe. It's been a little while since I've done it. Okay. Uh... I think the last time I did it was back in August. Do you smoke it? Do you... Snort it. Snort it. Okay. Yeah. Although I have injected it. It's, okay. the, it's the only intravenous drug I've ever done. Yeah. I, I didn't do it. Someone did it for me. Yeah. That freak you out? Uh, no, I loved it. It was better. It was better. Like, you just don't exist. Get that shit right in there. Yeah. it's that's the, That was the first way I did it. Uh, I, only, I only did it that way, like, I don't know four or five times and spaced out fairly frequently, kind of frequently. Okay. Okay. And it really does help with depression. Mm-hmm. Uh, for how long? Like a month or so. Yeah. Like you do it like once a month, basically good return on investment. Yeah. And like, it really did help with depression. Uh, but yeah, you just like basically cease to exist just like you do it and then just like everything kind of just goes black but like you know your brain yeah. is just like some like i don't really know what happens but like it lasts for like 20 minutes and you're just like you're you don't exist for like 20 minutes and then when you start coming back in it's just like you it's just like your brain re-downloading into your your mind re-downloading into your body yeah and then at some point the basic systems start functioning again and you're like, Oh, I'm downloading into my body right now. Yeah, like, yeah. and you start becoming more aware of like your surroundings and the situation and everything. But and you're, and you're glad to be there. Presumably. You're glad. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And you just kind of like lay there and, you know, let it all reabsorb. And it's like, you did a really good hot yoga class or maybe not hot yoga, but just like you did a really good yoga class and like you do the Savasana at the end. And like when you're, it's like when the teacher's like, okay, everybody wake up now. Like, it's kind of like that feeling. And you're just like, Oh fuck. Just like, whew. Okay. That's pretty cool. Like, I don't know where I was that for that five minutes or whatever, you know, there's that, but like way more sick. It's pretty sick. Cool. I got to get I got to get some. I mean, and also um, I do I do a lot of horse drugs already, so just add that to my repertoire. Yeah. 
uh, it's one of the safest powders, you know, you can do. Like, there's mm-hmm. not a lot of fentanyl. I don't know if there's really any fentanyl going around in ketamine. Uh, and it's, you know, it's manufactured. Like, most ketamine is, like, high-grade, like... Pharmaceutical chemical. Pharmaceutical chemical, like, manufactured in Germany. Uh, that's I believe Germany is the number one, like, maybe the only... No. Ah. Uh. I think it's made. I think I think Germany makes a lot of it, and maybe Korea. I hope they do. I feel like both of those populations need steady supply. Yeah, but of it's like chemicals. the stuff you're getting from your local drug dealer is likely made in like a high grade, like fancy, above board laboratory. Right, not a trailer. Right. out in the county. Right. And it's like you know, relatively cheap, non addictive. Uh, I mean, it could be addictive in that, like, if you had a lot of money, I guess, and you, like, wanted to throw it at it, mm-hmm. it could be a problem. But, yeah. like, I don't think it's, like, necessarily addictive. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of times drugs like that, they kind of, you don't want to do them that much. Right, right. I mean, It's I, kind of an experience that you need to reflect on as opposed to a high you need to chase every day. Right. Like, I would love to get a cabin out in the woods somewhere with a hot tub mm-hmm. and just go up there with some acid or mushrooms sure. and, and ketamine and just, you know, blast through some ketamine over the weekend and then just like chill the fuck out. There you go. Sit in the hot tub and just, Ooh, that, that is the ideal setting for those kind of you drugs. Know what? We are fortunate to live in a place where that is easily obtainable. Mm-hmm. I've done it before. It's, uh, it's a nice way to treat yourself. You get a mm-hmm, cabin in the mm-hmm. woods. More cat, more cabins on Airbnb should have hot tubs, in my opinion. Like you're kind of fucking up by not having a hot tub. Like whatever nightmare situation it is, dealing with a hot tub in a rental situation, it's worth it because you will get more people coming. That's true. Uh, what What would you say is like the worst possible situation, worst possible location to take hard psychedelics? What are we talking? Oh, let's say uh, let's let's say mushrooms. Mushrooms. Worst place to do it. Uh, again, it's really dependent on the person. Sure. Right. But for me personally, hmm. I I had my first bad trip in okay. in downtown Kansas City. That sounds like a bad place it was to do it. Not a good place to do drugs. Okay. Uh, and it was my second trip ever. My first trip was just overwhelmingly positive. Me and like six close friends all ate an eighth to ourselves and, you know, kind of cemented our friendship together, now, do you, uh, staying up all night. Do you think an eighth is the minimum someone should take? We can we can delve back into this further. Sure, sure. I, I think an eighth is a good amount to take to take the full trip. I've taken less and you know you, you you still feel it. But there's a certain amount that needs to be taken in order to really get off on the drug. And you know, you can just like I I've microdosed a lot. I was microdosing 3 to 5 times a week for like 6 months and that that's pretty cool and you know, you eat just a couple grams and 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 it's more like oh, we're just having a fun night. But when you get to that full eighth of mushrooms, then the spirit of the plant really takes a hold of you. And 
I don't know. I, I, I like only have bad trips now when I take psychedelic drugs and I'm kind of curious to do like a higher level heroic dose, five grams, seven grams. Uh, I've just got like so many like bad deeds and lies and sins accumulated that it would be uh, a lot to purge. Oh, I see. I yeah, see. Yeah. That's and... one of the reasons I'm more a fan of acid than mushrooms is, and this is what I tell people is like, you're going to do some work. You're going to do some spiritual work on mushrooms, whether you want to or not. Uh, acid, that baggage isn't attached to it. Yeah. And, uh, you just freak out and have fun. You just freak out and have fun. It can you, go south, but, and you can, you can work on some stuff on acid. Like you can get some higher perspective. Like there's, yeah. there's something there, but with mushrooms, uh, yeah, you're going to do some spiritual labor and mm-hmm. like, you know, you might have to address some things that you didn't want to look at. Yeah. E- even like the best mushroom trips that I've ever had have had long stretches where it was really difficult and intense and part of me was curled up inside of my psyche and was just like, I want this to be over. Interesting. This, this would be great if this was done. Um, so yeah, you know, bad trips. Uh, so what happened in Kansas city? So I had this first trip. So I only thought that mushrooms were awesome. Mm-hmm. I like, no, I hadn't even heard of a bad trip before. How old are you? Uh, I think I'm 17, 17, 17 or 18. How many times have you tripped at this point? At that First, yeah. It was my second time. Second time. Second time. Okay. The first time, it was only a good time. Uh-huh. Uh, the second time, uh, me and my buddy, we have we have leftover mushrooms from the first trip. So we each eat probably a whole eighth to ourselves. Okay. And we're hanging out with some other friends who aren't on mushrooms. And we're like, oh, let's go to Cooper's. And Cooper's was like the uh, the head shop. The mm. one like head shop in Kansas City at that time it smells like patchouli and nag champa. Uh, Got it, some tapestries on the wall. There's, there's some tapestries. It it it's really more of a pipe shop. Okay, that that would be okay. more uh, adequate or not, descriptive rather, not adequate. But they had a little poodle that they would dye different colors. Uh, maybe that was animal abuse. Oh, okay. Looking back on this, but the eh, poodle seemed pretty happy. But we're like, oh, let's go down there and. Yeah, you know, we go down there and we're sitting in the back of the car and I just get hit with this hard wave of nausea and paranoia and it's just downhill from there and me and my buddy are both kind of getting racked with these waves of like nausea and paranoia sitting in the back of a car. It's the summer in Kansas City, so it's Oof. really hot and humid. Yeah. Uh which in my opinion uh, hot and humid mushrooms love hot and humid like that's mushroom environment yeah and same with tripping the more hot the more humid the more intense the trip is going to yeah. be if it's cold outside i think it could just straight up kill a mushroom trip it it, it, it dulls it a little it bit. dulls it but if it's yeah. hot and humid you're fucking in for a ride. oh yeah that's the fucking jungle baby <laughs> i'll take you into deep water and show you who yeah. you are right there yeah um and I just remember it was, I don't know how long it was, but it felt like hours we were just sitting in the back of the car and like every five minutes or so we look at each other and make eye contact and our faces are just like tripping and spiraling out. And we say to each other like, ah, no more mushrooms. And yeah, eventually we came back down to earth and I was kind of like, huh, that kind of sucked. That was not a very good time. 
And uh, what do you think made it not a good time? Like what what went wrong? I think it's just a part of my psyche where if I don't have a lot of the right uh, external support, pretty much the whole time, I'm just going to devour myself. Uh, I have a really long history of like self-loathing. I spent maybe... Oh, sure, yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, a- a- everyone does, but from the ages of like... I'm not sure everyone does, but... Maybe well, not. So so for me, from the ages of like 8 to probably 24, I was just hating myself in my brain... Yeah, sure. 100% of the time. Sure. And, you know, there there's great things about hating yourself, you know? It's a really strong motivator to improve. It gives you an, an incisive wit... Uh, but then if you beef that up with a lot of psychedelics, you can really tear yourself down and back yourself into a mental corner where you are hating yourself more effectively and more strongly and all of your defenses are just stripped away from you. So I think that's what happened to me. And See, any- I look forward to that. I, I embrace that. I like the idea of it, but at this point, it's just been so many bad trips under my belt that I don't really need to do that anymore. Hmm. Like, I've learned those lessons. I've seen what the drug has for me, what the spirits have for me, and have kind of integrated that into my personality. I I tripped again recently, and I was like, okay, maybe it'll be different this time. You know, I've got a lot of different perspective. And sure enough, right as the right as it started to to kick in, I felt that same kind of like bad trip thought pattern. What is that thought in. pattern? Uh, just like intense, uh, physical and mental discomfort. I hate myself i Mm, okay bumped right up against my own mortality and like the knowledge of my impending death um and you know that that's all fine like that's one of the things you want to look at uh when you're on psychedelics and to meditate on when you're not on psychedelics it's such a fundamental part of the human experience um but after like I don't know, I've maybe spent like 40 or 50 hours in just the intense throes of that. Um, And that pathway is so strongly grooved into my brain. You know, it it, it showed up again this most recent time. And I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, I I know what this is. I've seen it. Um, I, I don't really need more of this. I don't need to subject myself to this... Uh, discomfort that I've already kind of learned all of the lessons from. Or you need to just let go and I don't know, do, do whatever it's telling you. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't think so. I think that that's, that's inside of me. That is like one of the factions of consciousness and I've let go plenty of times, but then I've done a lot of 
spiritual work, psychedelic work that didn't involve drugs, mm-hmm. just through like breath work and meditation. Sure. And that kind of is achieved more through control than through letting go and kind of focusing your energy into a single point rather than just letting yourself dissolve into chaos. See, that's what I, I like the dissolve into chaos. That's for sure. me, that's for me the goal mm-hmm. of a good trip. Sure. Uh I love meditating. I've been uh practicing transcendental meditation for I don't know 10, 11 years now. I mean, I'm not like a great practitioner at it, you know, there's like gaps in between, but like I I'm a practitioner of it and I love it. It's it's helped me tremendously. So like doing uh hallucinogens and meditating at the same time is like man what a treat that is uh i i it's one of my favorite things to do that and roller skating on acid sure that's one of my favorite things to do too uh i've had very few bad trips uh very like very very few what would you attribute that to I don't know. Uh, just the, the it kicks in and you're like, all right, I like this. Yeah. Just just suits you well. It just suits me. Yeah. I always like, you know, not always feel like I get something like super meaningful from it, but like I oftentimes feel like I get something from it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like self-examination. I, sure. I like seeing the weak spots and figuring that out. I like looking at why I like things. You know what I mean? Like sure. I, I, I love the introspection. The epistemology of knowledge. Yeah. I like going in. I like I like going in and knowing that in is infinite and uh doesn't really exist. I like ceasing to exist by existing e e that what what where am I looking for? Not eternally, but that is kind of what I'm trying to say. I don't know. Just the, the nothingness and everythingness that yeah. that meditation and psychedelics can bring you is a state of existence I really like yeah. to be in. You should meditate and you should do psychedelics. Uh maybe unless you're schizophrenic. Oh boy. I I that was one of the worst trips I've ever been on. Uh well, I'm not going to name names, but uh I, I f- tripping on Fourth of July is mm-hmm. is my favorite. Yeah, that's my favorite day to eat acid. It's a good light show. Good light show. Uh, it's usually really warm and nice. You can go swim. You can be outside. You mm-hmm. you know it's usually mm-hmm. a good time. People are in a good mood. Usually, like, and depending on where you live, but in my opinion, July Fourth is the point of no return in the summer it's all downhill after july 4th yeah that's true um you're just going back to school after that yeah like after july 4th the summer's basically over like yeah you got august but like it's not fuck august it's not peak summer anymore um so anyway july july 4th is my favorite time of trip and uh so me and some friends went up to a friend of mine's cabin in like deep north maine Mm mm-hmm Beautiful lake, nice cabin. Uh, we're up there, and I brought some of the strongest acid I've ever ha- got my hands on. I didn't know it at the time that it was that strong, 
but it turned out to be. And so we all take some, and I think they all took, there's like three other people, and they all took one. I think I took two, and everybody seemed to be having a great time. I wasn't like existing. I was just kind of like laying on the floor in the sun, just like meditating and not existing. And then my friend, uh, he, he has mental problems and shouldn't eat acid and he just started having like a mental breakdown and uh eventually he was like speaking in oliver twist riddles like okay. he was uh like all he could say was just like quotes from oliver twist and he was very sweaty and it was like very it was like extremely alarming like his behavior was extremely alarming and he eventually called the police on himself and we were like so close to the Canadian border that border patrol showed up, state patrol or state troopers showed up, sheriffs, local cops, uh, everybody that could show up did Coast show Guard. up. Yeah. Like, well, we weren't that close. The Merchant to Marines. Yeah. Uh, the Mounties. The Mounties might have shown up, but like everybody that could have shown up did show up. And he was like running around outside saying that somebody was going to die. Somebody was going to like get killed. Like he was worried about everybody. And eventually like they got him under control and like took him to the hospital and like they gave him some like Thorazine Thorazine or something. And like he calmed down. They gave him an IV and like it was a wild time. I didn't get like, we didn't get like fined or in any trouble or anything, but like that was one of the, like that was the point when I was like, Okay, psychedelics aren't for everybody. You know what I mean? Psychedelics are for most people, but yeah, they're they're not for everybody. They're not for everybody. And so that was one of the worst trips I've ever seen. I've never really had a bad trip, though. Uh, one time, and this was just from smoking weed, but I just got, like, really high, and then I was meditating. Again, favorite thing to do. And... I don't know what happened exactly, but, like, in my head, there was, like, I felt, like, a, a click, a switch happened, like, while I'm meditating. And, like, it, like, opened up this, like, area in my mind that, like, I wasn't aware of before. And then, like, suddenly there's, like, two voices in my head, and, and they're, like, talking, and, they're like... And they're like, shit, he can hear us. <laughs> and then, like, I'm just, like, still meditating. I'm like, what the fuck is happening right now? And then, like, one voice started saying, like, oh, he can hear us? Hey, kill yourself. Why don't you go kill? And then, like, the other voice, like, shut up. What are you doing? Like, he might go, like. Oh, yeah. And then I was like, what the fuck is happening? Like, my myself, my voice was saying that. And then, like. Uh, basically it was a conversation and then like one was like kind of like an asshole and one was like a nice guy Yeah, and they were like, we're the voices in your head that like, you know, run everything behind the scene. And sure. like, I don't know what the fuck happened. Like it, that was just from weed and meditating and it, that kind of freaked me out like a lot. I, I get that. I, I had those voices, uh, from like eight years old to puberty. Okay. And I I didn't really know what schizophrenia was because I was eight, but I was like, is this is this normal? Is this fucked up? Uh, and I would have a voice that was a, a very what is that clicking? I think it's the microphone or something. Is it this? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, 
I think that fixed it. I had a voice that told me to be a good boy and listen to all the rules. I had a voice that basically said, fuck that voice. And then I had a voice that, that told me to kill, mm-hmm. mostly. Myself, other people. Uh, I remember one of the last instructions that it gave me was to drive my car off the side of the embankment into the creek. Okay. Yeah, I didn't listen. You know, I'm still right. here. Right. Uh, Interesting. But I asked uh, a psychologist. You know, I was in therapy a lot, and I asked a psychologist, is this normal? What's up with this? And they're like, yeah, don't worry too much about it. And I asked a rabbi about it when I was maybe like 14. I was like, eh, I got all these different voices, and what's going on with that? And he was like, yeah, you know, the Holy Spirit manifests in many different ways. And I was like, all right, that does nothing for me. Thank you. And then, uh, you know, kind of midway through puberty, all of those voices just kind of got twisted together into what I would now call my personality. Interesting. So it's kind of like, uh, what's that What's that Pixar movie? Oh, yeah, yeah, about yeah. About the different, like, voices I think of, inside your brain. You, you probably are, well, I know you're of the same age to where you might get this, but I often think of Herman's Head. Herman's Head? Yeah. Yeah. That show is ahead of its time. Uh and I wasn't allowed to watch it, but I understood the concept yeah. of it as a child. And, like, I was really into the idea of it. Uh, My grandma walked in on me watching Herman's Head one time, and she sat and watched with me for a minute. And I, I think they were, like, at a nudist colony. Okay. And so all of the different voices in Herman's Head were naked and, like, covering themselves up with something. And she right. was like, oh, you shouldn't watch this. Right. Same thing. Same thing. Yeah. But, I, yeah, that's the analogy I use is Herman's Head. Uh, this is now a Herman's Head fan podcast. Uh, all of the Herman's Head heads, just write in your favorite theories. Maybe one, two, three movies has Herman's Head. Oh, I'm, I'm sure they do. I might need to watch that yeah. again. They're, uh, they're, they're not trying to like protect the rights to Herman's Head. <laughs> imagine being the guy, imagine being Herman and just being like, I was on a show once. I was Herman. <laughs> Right, he's like pissing himself outside of a Seven Eleven in L.A. I was Herman. I was Herman. Um, one time I vaped DMT. Sure. Uh, by myself, and that was kind of a rough one. It didn't last very long, but it was just like, uh, it's a fucking slingshot out of existence. Yeah, but not vaping it. Like, oh, okay. It's like I've never just like straight up smoked it before, yeah. but the vaping it like I don't think it's, it's not what they're talking about, and it's close, but it's not quite what they're talking. Like people about. will get it in like a vape pen. Is that yeah got, what you're talking about? Yeah, I've got some. Uh, it's like kinda, you have it now. Yeah, it's kind of old now, okay, but okay. I still have it. Yeah. Uh, but the how la- much? How much did you like? How did you smoke it? Vape it. Yeah, but how? Like, did you did you take a big hit? Yeah, I mean, you just keep hitting it until like. Yeah, you take as you take as much of a hit as you can, and you hold it in as long as you can. Did you multiple do that? multiple multiple hits. ones? Okay, yeah, uh, that was some bunk DMT. It, that could. I mean, this is my only experience with it, so okay. I, I really don't know. But uh, I think smoking it gets you there bigger, and the vape is like not quite as powerful. Yeah, in my experience of only doing it a handful of times one way. Sure, and the same DMT. But Uh, I had this one experience with it where I did it and it lasts a very short amount of time. And, but it was just like this like mean voice, this like mean entity in my head, just being like, you don't have any friends and just like (laughs) being like really shitty. Just like nobody likes you. And then like, I had to like 
fight that. Like I sure. at the end of it, I won. Yeah. Like I I killed that thing. Mm-hmm. Like you know what I mean. Like I I don't know if I literally killed it, but like I. I, I, I won that challenge. Whatever happened, like, I won that level. Yeah. I won that DMT level. Yeah, like, yeah. I came out of it having more. And it was like, I did that, and then I went and hung out with some friends or something. You know what I mean? Like, right. Was, like, see, I have friends. Like, I have friends, <laughs> you mean machine elf. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what that was all about, but I won that challenge. Yeah. Um, I've only smoked DMT. I haven't. Oh, you, I haven't you have smoked it. it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So. Uh, Every time some nefarious character comes into my life, that's like I can get DMT, dude. I'm like, bring it, like, like get it. Let's. I mean, I I can't get DMT. Yeah, I'm not nefarious. But uh, like every time someone's like, oh, I can get this for you. I can get this for you. I'm like, okay, literally, okay. like I will literally give you money for this. Present and, it, and then like it never comes through. That's sad. Uh, yeah, I lived in Hawaii for a year. I was going to school there. And I met this gentleman named Nathaniel. Is that where you learned a masseuse? No, I learned that in uh, Seattle. Oh, okay. Capitol Hill neighborhood. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but I met this gentleman named Nathaniel. And we were talking and we you know, talked about our various psychedelic experiences. And uh, I talked about wanting to do DMT. And a couple conversations later, he was like, hey, you know, I've, I've got some DMT and I... Trust your intentions now, so let's pick a time and we can do some. And me and Nathaniel and our friend Zach, we all hiked out to this, like, uh, stream in Hawaii. And the thing about Hawaii is uh, any tropical environment, really, where there's water, it is just going to be a lush jungle. So this was just like a drainage canal behind some houses, but it was overgrown with ferns and trees and flowers it was like being in the jungle and we hiked maybe half an hour down this stream and we found the spot and nathaniel was like okay this is the spot and we sat down i was in the middle zach and nathaniel were on either side of me and we loaded up a bowl with weed and sprinkled a generous helping of dmt on top of it i lit it you kind of got you don't want to you don't want to torch the dmt you just kind of held the flame above it so that it crackled okay and sizzled yeah yeah uh a lot of people will smoke it out of like a a meth pipe sure glass pipe that's actually what's ideal but i hit it and i followed the instructions to inhale as much as i could and hold it in as long as i could it tastes terrible right it tastes like burning plastic yeah you know and it it, that's basically what it is and uh, as I held it in, I started to feel this vibration yeah. at the base of my skull. Right. Yeah. The, va- yeah. the vape does the same thing. Uh, that's probably the standard. When I, when I do a salvia, I felt the same kind of vibration at the back of my skull. And right. that's just like, okay, get ready to be slingshotted out of your body. Right. And as soon as I exhaled, uh, it was like my field of vision just kind of like... You ever shake an Etch-A-Sketch? Sure. It was like someone had shaken that Etch-A-Sketch of my field of view, and it all just kind of dissolved. Right, yeah, And when it came back in, I was in a different place. Okay. You know, it was like... And was it the described machine elf realm? I hadn't heard of that before. Okay. So I didn't have an expectation of machine elves to kind of overlay on my experience. Uh, the best way that I can describe it was like an energetic representation of the place where I was before. 
Okay. Like all of the trees and the sun and the flowers and my two friends, like they were there, but they were just like amorphous blobs of energy. So it was like I, I was seeing reality at like a different wavelength it reminds, than it was before. It reminds me of uh, Vonnegut's Blackbeard or Bluebeard, rather. Yeah. The paintings, the whatever the guy's name is, where he, ah. just, he just paints, you know, like colors and puts the, the strips of tape, strips of tape yeah. to like represent a person's soul. It was it was a lot like that. Yeah. And these flowers, they were just like these intense red points of light that were throwing off like coronas but you of could, light like, energy. You could still see the landscape. It was like predator vision, but like energy. N- no, it was like shapes were not recognizable. Okay. Like I wasn't like, oh, that's a tree. That's my friend. That's okay. the flower. It was just like all like the, the, the physical markers were gone and it was just some energetic wavelength that I was seeing. And, uh, it kind of, kind of hit me in waves. Like it was really strong. And then I'd kind of come out of it for a second. And I was like, Hey, you guys, I'm going to take off my shirt, spray some bug spray on me when I do it. And then I like dived back in and, you know, was doing some kind of ecstatic movements um, and that was like a, a really good time for about 15, 20 minutes. Uh, and then I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to hit it again. Okay. Yeah. I, uh, hit it again, same kind of deal. And it was not a good time. Okay. I got shot way past what I was comfortable with and it, it, it felt like I was underwater and I felt like I was, like, under, like, a green sea of, like, thick acid. Interesting. Yeah. And I I was ready to panic. I was ready to panic in my brain. And I was like, dude, you just got to breathe. You just got to breathe through this. And that's what I did for, I don't know how many minutes it was, like, five minutes, but also eons. And I was just like, inhale, exhale, inhale, exhale, manually controlling my breath until it started to subside and uh you know after that i would kind of have like flashbacks and dreams of it for about two years afterwards okay interesting yeah i got this uh craniosacral therapy massage where they like massage the plates and envelopes surrounding your brain and that kicked me right back into really tripping hard. Yeah. Okay. And uh, I was working as a lighting designer for theaters. And a lot of times I would like lay on my back on the stage and look up at the lights and they would just kind of like throw me back into DMT tripping. Uh, but yeah, you know, that that's one that's one that really changes you. Like okay. you can't really forget what you saw behind that doorway right. ever in your life. Interesting. Yeah, I've only ever done it the vape way. And like, I mean, I'm with you. Like I remember like the first time I did it was sitting around a campfire in uh, Forks, Washington mm-hmm. for my birthday. Sure. <clears throat> and that's where Twilight was filmed. Yeah. And uh, 
we hit it. I hit it. And it took me to this world. I don't know if I'd describe them as machine elves. I don't think that that is an accurate description, but it was just like hyper green and hyper yellow. Like everything was just either green or yellow. And it was just like these two, I felt like it was in like a 1990s rap video. Yeah. And like, there's just these two figures made of like rubber in alternating green and yellow patterns. And like, they were separate from all the other green and yellow patterns, but like there was two figures and they were just like dancing, like fucking, I don't know. I felt like it was in a Missy Elliott video. Like, I don't, pretty dope. I don't know how to describe it other than that, but like I could open my eyes and I would be back in reality. But if I close my eyes, I was back in this like neon green and yeah, yellow yeah, like, yeah. music video thing. I don't know. Like that's the only way I can describe it. It felt like I was in a music video. That, that's the big difference in my mind between uh, DMT and like acid or mushrooms. Like with acid and mushrooms, like you're kind of you're still in this world. Yeah, you're still in this well, world. Some of it. Most you can be. Yeah, like, you can do a lot more and get rocketed out of this world. Uh, but I'd be sitting here. I, I would still see you. I would still see a chair. I would still see right. a guitar. And, and there's not going to be, like, a gremlin that pops up behind the chair and runs across the room and, like, starts yeah. trying to, like, chew on your head and you really believe. Like, that's yeah. not going to happen. That's yeah. not DMT, going to happen. DMT, it's like you're in a different world. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, like, the same with ayahuasca. Yeah, I would but imagine. that's, like, eight hours. I same with salvia. Uh, same with does that. same with uh, blue Hawaiian wood rose seeds. Oh yeah, yeah. I had a friend who was really into distilling. Yeah, that's LSA. LSA. Yeah. yeah, and the wood rose seeds are the highest source of those. You can also get them from morning glories, mm-hmm. but uh, the wood rose, high potency. Uh, it's been a long time since I've done those, but I went. I ate some of those one time and went to an anal cunt show. Good old anal Good cunt plan. Yeah. And uh, are you familiar with anal cunt? I I know of anal cunt. Yeah. And so I went to an anal cunt show, but they were doing their, like, not anal cunt album. It was the... It's like like adult contemporary anal cunt? Kind of. It was like, it's all love songs and, like, sung in this, like, high falsetto. And uh, the guy's just, like, chugging, like, lemon juice between songs to, like, hit those high notes and stuff. Huh. I didn't know that was a thing. It was wild. And, uh... There was a fun show, and then I was walking home, and, like, I'd been feeling nauseous the whole time and just, like, choking it down. Mm-hmm. And then I finally just, like, can't hold it anymore and start puking, and just, like, my head just explodes in, like, a rainbow. And just, like, I still have to, like, walk a quarter mile home. And uh, I just, like, go home, get into bed immediately. Yeah. And then I'm just, like, transported into the bird to a body of a bird. Okay. And I'm flying over the ocean in this like huge bird body. Yeah. And then like I I'm just like flying over New Zealand and I see my sister hiking in New Zealand. She was in New Zealand at the time. Yeah. And I see my sister like hiking in New Zealand and just a like, remote viewing. And I'm just like flying over her. Yeah. And in this like huge bird body. And then like it just kinda like disappears out of that. But I I, I remember that like super vividly. It's pretty wild. Did I really see her? I don't know. I think I did. In your mind's eye, for sure. Yeah, I've tried to utilize getting into bed Mm. as a strategy for dealing with difficult trips. Oh, yeah. Where I'm just like, if I can just go to sleep, this will be over. But it it never goes that way. 
I don't go to sleep. I just kind of lay there in the dark, writhing. But in my mind, like that's, oh, I kind of like it though. Yeah, I, yeah, that's I, what you said. I like that, like, of just like being just like in that cocooned, warm state of just like a liminal space, just like you're half here, half not here. Like mm-hmm. that's why I have such a hard time getting out of bed in the morning is because like I love that half awake, half asleep, like hypnagogic, hypnagogic state, where I don't know. It's just I I really like being in that space. Mm-hmm. It's probably where you go when you die. I hope so. I think I don't know how to make a business of this, but I I'm like the perfect uh, first time trip guide. Sure. Like I'm I am unequivocally the guy you want for your first time tripping. Now, when, once it gets legalized, that's uh. It's a legitimate business. I stand by that statement 100%. And I'm not going to be some namby-pamby weirdo who, like, has, like, uh, Xanax on hand. And, like, I don't want I don't want wimps. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm not – like, I'm going to be very picky about my clients. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're the type of – if you're, like, a shaky dog person, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not dealing with you. But, like, if – like, for example, a friend of ours, uh, he – local comic i'm not gonna say his name just because he might not want me to say it but like he wants to try mushrooms but he wants to try microdosing first and i'm like personally i think that that's the wrong way to go mm-hmm. because you're approaching this thing with a state of fear yeah you're approaching it with caution and fear and you just need to jump in and take an eighth like i like more than that but like i think the bare minimum especially yeah. for your first time is an eighth and you jump in and then you kind of flounder around for a second, but then you realize you're you jumped in the shallow end. Yeah. You, you can stand up. You're in the pool, but you can stand up. Yeah, yeah. And like if you're microdosing, you're still in the shallow end, but you're like clinging to the side of the pool and like screaming that you don't know that you can just like stand up and like be if, okay. If you're microdosing, you're not even in the pool. Someone's just like misting you with a spray bottle. <clears throat> I I mean maybe. I think you're in the pool, but I think you're just like clinging to the side of it or you have like water wings on and like your mom's there and like you're in the pool, but like just barely. You're just barely in the pool. How, how micro of a dose are we are you talking about? I don't know. I don't know what he was gonna do i don't know what he was gonna take mm-hmm. he's growing his own mushrooms okay and he was gonna figure it out from there but uh i told him i was like no dude you gotta eat at least an eighth and like i will sit with you you know what i mean like yeah i'll, I'll eat an eighth too like i can manage my shit on an I believe eighth that. and like do this what, with what, you. what would be like the ideal experience that you would design for shepherding first timers I think I could come up with a general plan, but I would tailor it to everyone mm-hmm. separately, mm-hmm. differently. Uh, I would probably get to like do a thing where like I I would come up with a questionnaire of some sort and yeah. like, have them fill it out. Uh, have them compose a playlist, probably like a. I'd have them make an eight-hour-long playlist. Yeah, that we could just put on shuffle at various points of the day. Sure, or whatever. I might throw a couple songs in there and like sure, try and mix sure. it up, whatever. But just generally probably do it at their house if it's applicable mm-hmm. uh ideally near there's some nature nearby gotta 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 nurture the nature yeah if someone like say lived in cap hill and like they just i would say how about you come to my place then because like i've got like a little bit more nature around me you know what i mean yeah you have to like hang out a few times first establish a rapport get sure. to know each other make sure everybody's on the cool level 
and then like it, it, it would really just depend like I would really just set the mood with cool music mm-hmm. a basis of trust uh, I would have food ready you know what I mean like I on July 4th for many years I raised my own chickens yeah and then I would on July 3rd or on like July 1st I would slaughter some chickens and yeah. then by July 4th I would have this huge uh, July 3rd I would fry up all my chickens and just have this huge plate of fried chicken. So when I came home from like a hard day of being in the sun and eating hallucinogens, I could just come home and devour this like organic hand raised chicken that I made and cooked. And just like, there's nothing better. Just like you come home, you're kind of dirty. You've been outside all day. Mm -hmm. You're like starving. You just devour a plate of fried chicken you made. Need a hearty meal. And then you're just like, you're coming down, you got the food, you're drinking some water, mm-hmm. you're just like chilling. And then you put on the, that's when you're still like in that limbo state and you, yeah, yeah. you put on some cool music, turn the lights down, bust out the big paper, the big markers, <laughs> and just like, don't even think about what you're drawing. Just like, let the pen move. Just let the marker move. Don't, don't, don't have a plan. Just, just be in the moment and just like make gestures and, uh, if something starts to form, go with it. But just like let the pen and tools do the work, and that would pretty much be it. It would just be like we hang out, we go. I also I think it's very important, especially for a first trip, to incorporate uh, a transition from day into night or night into day. But I think the day into night is easier, much easier. And so you eat your drugs around. Uh, depending on the time of year, but let's say summer, you eat your drugs around like three o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. And then, well, let's say two, eat around two, you're tripping by three and then you have until like seven or eight, nine, Mm -hmm. and then it starts getting dark. You're deep in at that point, but like maybe not peaking anymore. You peaked around sunset. Yeah. And then like it starts getting dark and then you go for a walk and everything looks weird. The lights look cool. Like, I don't know. I got it pretty well figured out. It, but yeah, it's, it's you, pretty good blueprint. You really, you, re, you then you just tailor make it to whoever your client is. Yeah, my best trips were in college, and uh, was up in Western Washington University in Bellingham, and that university you can basically walk into a forest on the side of a mountain from the middle of the campus, and me and my friends, you know, we had all hiked in there for hours and hours we knew the place like the back of our hand and we would eat mushrooms around dusk and just hike up into the woods and just go crazy out there all night sounds great it was was great it was awesome more people should do like it, it boggles my mind the people that are afraid to do hallucinogens because like it just tells me they're like they're unexplored. They're yeah. like they're afraid. Absolutely. They're afraid to go inside themselves and like look at what lurks in there. It, it's, I mean, though you've got unprecedented numbers of people who have like you know low level or high level anxiety and depression, and they don't know. They don't know what's underneath there. But don't. But see, that's where I I'm like. But don't you want to find out? Like, don't right. you? Right. Well, they, they 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 do, but they're also scared you know, the anxiety and depression have kind of taken hold Hmm. of a big part of their personality. And and honestly, I think like, you know, when I was 
did mushrooms for the first time. I was 16 or 17. The internet wasn't really a thing yet. I didn't know anything about mushrooms. Oh, same. I was just like, oh, this sounds like I like weed. Of course, I like mushrooms. And so like not knowing anything about it in my mind was like the right way to go in. I think so, too. And like if you know too much about it. Like you, that's true. You're gonna overthink it. I can and see then that. That's kind of like you don't you don't a hundred percent set yourself up for failure, but I think you set yourself up to have a bad time more if you've kind of got a lot of baggage surrounding how it could go or how you want things to go. If you're trying to have a lot of control yeah. over the experience, the first time I did acid, I was fourteen, and it was mailed to my family from the acid queen of the lower east side it came in a christmas card hmm. it was addressed to my parents and my grandparents but i you it, got the acid i got the acid so your your parents are acid heads also maybe at one point in their life like it's like knowing acid and knowing my parents like i just don't think they would jive with them like i don't know if they would like it i just feel like it would be uh, I don't. I don't. I just. I can't see either one of them particularly liking, like tripping very much. Maybe my mom. Maybe my mom more than my dad, but I don't know. And my my grandparents. I can't see them. I don't know. I've never really. I've never asked them about it. To be honest. Uh, my dad and his brother. They were big acid heads during like the first wave of acid. Got that CIA acid. Yeah, that fucking window pane stuff, baby. Uh, and my dad, the last time he ever did acid, he was dosed. He was at culinary school, and he got dosed right before this, like, butchery class that he had to do. And so, you know, he doesn't know that he took the acid. And it's just all these bloody slabs of meat in front of him getting sliced up and... He, he had to go. He had to excuse himself. Did he figure out who did it? No, he never figured it out. Wow. It's a mystery to this day. I mean, depending on the situation, of course, but like, I feel like I've done acid enough at this point in my life that where if I got dosed, I'd be like, oh my God, thank, thank you. you. So thoughtful. Who who did this? Who dosed my dad? That's the, we, we got to get to the bottom of that. Well, we can have him on. We'll zoom him in. I'm sure he's got some theories. I'm sure he's got some like. Yeah, maybe so, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of it going around back in that day. Nowadays, I mean, if someone's got acid, they're not going to give it to you. Probably they're not. They're going to waste it on your yeah, not really. bad experience. I've never dosed anybody, but it certainly seems fun. It seems funny if you if you did it to the right person mm-hmm. in the right situation. No, you want to dose them with, uh, with boner pills, right? Yeah. That's how you do it. Do, the, do it at the same time. It would be fun to do, like, Russian roulette tripping mm-hmm. where, like, you have five guys and, like, two shot glasses or whatever have acid in it or two whatever yeah. has acid and the rest isn't. And then, like, because you know that some dorks are going to be like, no, dude, I'm totally fucking tripping. Yeah. Like, even though, like, <clears throat> you'd get mass hallucination. Well, you would play that game where only two people think they're tripping, but all five of them are actually acid <laughs> yeah all f- all five yeah but only one person knows it get pwned hmm. well, this has been the drug episode yeah right if you don't like drugs or talking about drugs i am sorry that you listened through the entire thing 
Uh, I do. So we're in Japan now on the analytics. Thank you to everybody listening. We're less than 1% in Japan, but. That's just Dingo Dog. Dingo Dog is doing it. Please, dear Dingo, please keep doing it. This is a shout out to Dingo. Uh, I don't know if you still listen to our podcast, but you're a great pinball player. Uh, I assume that you're still snowboarding. And uh, I, I, I believe that you could be one of the alternate universe versions of myself and jack okay dingo call in leave a voice message we'll we'll play it uh we'll we'll do something for you and thank you for everybody else who's listening the show just keeps growing uh really appreciate that uh hey like and uh give us a review on spotify i would that would be great give us a review on spotify uh send us interact with our podcast on social media as much as you possibly can we're nice guys uh good or bad yeah, whatever you want to say, whoever, whatever. Uh, we're on all the usual places on social media. Thank you for uh, listening and tuning in. And Do drugs. Do drugs and be our friends. Thanks. Bye. Bye.